Hello, and welcome to another episode of What NPX Do, the show with hot questions and even hotter innovation ideas. I'm one of your hosts, Torella, an NPX Innovation Catalyst and a member of the X Program and Infrastructure teams. Before we get started with our special guest today, we'll take a moment for a few company updates. Not many updates this week. This Friday, June 18th, will be the company-wide day off, so enjoy your long weekend. The hackathon signups will be closing on June 17th, and we're all excited for the hackathon that's coming up June 24th and 25th. So welcome to today's episode of What MPX Do. I'm here with Lindsay, and she's on the engineering programs team. Welcome, Lindsay. Hey, happy to be here. (laughs) She'll be talking to us today about the commercial assets project. Uh, Lindsay, could you start off by introducing yourself? Sure, sure. So uh, my name is Lindsay Braithwaite. I've been working with NPX since late November last year. Uh, my background is actually in chemistry. Um, so I finished up my master's just uh, this past March. And uh, my research in that was really related to corrosion of uh, used nuclear fuel containers. So I've kind of been in this nuclear space for a little while. And yeah, I mean, I'm really just hoping that my work, you know, both from my master's and also here at NPX just contributes to fighting climate change. That's my biggest kind of driving force. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I'm going to start off with a little fun segment. Uh, Could you share a funny story or hidden talent that you have? Sure. Okay. So (laughs) I I do have a funny story, but (laughs) I got injured. So it wasn't really funny at the time, but it is kind of looking back on it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so basically, uh, in my undergrad, I was a competitive cheerleader. And coming up to nationals, we were running our pyramid. And, we, you know, we were doing this prep and we were, we were practicing. And it was the first time I think I was I was doing this particular skill. And I was um, I was one of those mid-level bases. So if you can imagine, I'm standing on someone's hands, and then someone's going to end up standing kind of on my hands. So it's like three high. Mm-hmm. And so basically, this girl was supposed to get tossed, do a backflip, and land like on my forearms. And there's another girl too, so land on each of our forearms. And so she gets tossed. She's doing her backflip. And I, I think, like, instinctually, I just, like, I lean in because I really want to catch her. But it turns out leaning into someone who's flipping and their feet are coming at you, maybe that's not such a good idea. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so I lean in and I get this, like, flying foot to the face. And so basically, yeah, I get my, like, tooth knocked back. I just, you know, it, it's a total mess. I have to get... Um, these little temporary braces put in for like six weeks after that and then for the rest of the season I had to be wearing a mouth guard the whole time (laughs) oh no (laughs) awful at the time but I'm just like laughing at myself thinking back at it yeah oh my gosh so how does that work when you're so on the pyramid you're standing on someone and then someone else is standing on top of you I feel like there's a lot of pressure there to like not move yeah and just like you know you're nervous because someone's flying and you have to catch them you have to like if you don't catch them properly they might get hurt so you want to like lean in and like (laughs) 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 oh wow (laughs) okay that was a pretty good one um yeah definitely at the time i would see how that wouldn't be funny yeah yeah thanks for sharing that um now i just have a series of get to know you questions um they're kind of rapid fire so should be quick are you ready 
think so. <laughs> okay, winter or summer? Summer, if I have enough sunscreen. Okay. Um, kind of a hot take, but pineapples on pizza, yes or no? Uh, yes. If, okay, so I really like pineapples and feta on pizza. Okay. It's kind of a weird combination, but yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, what's your favorite song at the moment? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I have been playing a couple of songs from Demi Lovato's new album. I've never been a huge fan of Demi before, but I, you know, some of these songs are pretty good. Um, but I also recently discovered Andrew Day, so like Tears to the Fall, I've been really enjoying that album as well. Okay, good choice. Uh, what's your current read? Um, okay, so... <laughs> Some friends and I are doing this little uh, murder mystery book club thing. <laughs> so I'm currently reading a, a little book called Someone We Know. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah, I'm also reading the uh, Outlander series. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite hobby? Uh, kind of cliche, but just working out, I would say. Okay. Uh, finish the sentence, I love NPX because... I love NPX because I think... We all truly believe in the company's mission. It's not just like one of those PR sound bites. Like we're actually like we actually care. Mm -hmm. uh, could you share two truths and a lie about yourself? Okay. Okay. Let me think for a sec. Um. And I don't tell you if they're a truth or a lie. I'll yeah. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Three things about myself. Who knows if they're true or false? Um. So I've been skiing in Slovenia. I hate the taste of honey, and I named my car Pineapple. Okay, I'm going to guess that you named your car Pineapple is the lie, but based on your Pineapples on Pizza response, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> nope, my red car is actually named Pineapple. <laughs> okay. A red car named Pineapple. <laughs> yep. I feel like there's a story behind that. Weirdly, there's not. I honestly, I still don't know why. <laughs> it kind of stuck. I, it was suggested, and then it kind of just stuck. <laughs> okay. So, which one was the lie? Uh, being, I having going skiing in Slovenia. Okay. I've been to Slovenia, but in the summer. Well, thank you. Uh, now on to the project segment. Uh, what brought you to MPX? Yeah, so I actually first heard about NPX by participating in a hackathon back in 2019. Um, and it was it was just so much fun and like just a really, really cool experience. So when I was finishing up my master's this past year, I reached back out and one thing led to another and here I am. <laughs> awesome. Could you explain your role here at NPX? Sure. So, you know, it's, it's pretty heavily uh, project management on the uh, engineering services team, um, kind of depending on what project I'm working on. Um, I'm lead on one. I support on a couple others. Um, so it really just kind of depends. Um, I'm also uh, heavily involved in the Hydrogen X project. So that's been really fun. And I do try to get involved in uh, community initiatives as well. Cool. Um, today you would like to talk to us about the commercial assets project. Um, I believe this involves cutting down some of the rigor and required sign-offs for assets that are not necessarily nuclear or things that are non-safety. Could you give us like a general overview? Sure, yeah. So as an overview, we're kind of working off the concept of a graded approach. And that essentially means that uh, that rigor uh, or, you know, like this, like the sign offs, like you mentioned, and kind of the handoffs in processes and double checking and inspection and all of those things that add time and kind of 
you know, they're important when the, uh, you know, when the item's nuclear or it needs to be really carefully checked and things like that. Sure. Those are in place uh, for a reason. But if you're looking at something that is super low risk, you know, for example, uh, some kind of office HVAC system. You know, there's no reason for that sort of thing to go through all of that rigor uh, that we apply to uh, nuclear assets. So basically what we're trying to do is develop a set of processes that apply that rigor proportionally to the amount of risk uh, involved. So, yeah, so essentially we're we're applying much leaner processes and kind of empowering maintenance and craft to maintain these items without all that red tape and bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, yeah, definitely shortening the amount of time that's involved in bringing these assets in. By a lot, by a lot, yeah. Um, so what are some of the criteria you're using to determine what classifies as configuration slash non-configuration? Maybe define configuration slash non-configuration for our listeners? Sure. Okay. So uh, one of the big questions uh, with commercial assets is, are you maintaining configuration on them? And what configuration is, is essentially making sure you're, you're maintaining equilibrium between the design requirements of your plant, the uh, information system or what you're what you're saying is actually installed in the plant and the physical item that's actually installed in that place. So you have, you know, you have your design requirements telling you what needs to be there. You have the information telling you what is there and then the physical plant telling you what's actually there. So those those do have to be in uh, in equilibrium. And one of the questions we ran into for commercial assets was, you know, how how much do we need configuration on these like really simple, really low risk um, items? So, you know, essentially what it comes down to is if that item fulfills some design requirement or if you have to be doing regular preventative maintenance on it or honestly, if there's any kind of business need that you want that you might want to have traceability on that uh, equipment, then you want to be maintaining configuration, even if it's a commercial asset. So uh, going back to the uh, HVAC systems, you know, there are like uh, regulations, uh, not nuclear regulations, but more provincial federal type regulations that require uh, inspections and maintenance on those items. Um, So you would need to maintain configuration on those. But as we're answering this question, we're also establishing a whole uh, list of equipment or items that you actually don't need any configuration on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you can imagine uh, the microwave in the office break room, that might need maintenance sometimes, but it's not fulfilling any design requirement or anything like that. So, you know, we're we're kind of um, we're figuring out really uh, what equipment we can really, really lean down those processes and just say, you know, treat this like we're, you know, we're not even maintaining configuration on it because it's just office equipment or something like that. And, and maintenance, you can just go ahead and replace that. No problem. So leaning down some of that rigor and then but applying it to those equipment that do genuinely require some configuration management um, to satisfy the, the licensing requirements. Awesome. What do you think some of the main benefits of this project are? 
Yeah, so uh, like you said before, just cutting down the time. Um, one of the big ones, uh, I think one of the big ones for us is the procurement side, and that ties into also um, like just projects and modifications and things that relate to these commercial assets, where if we can lean down the number of approvals that we need, you know, do we have to go all the way up to Gary Newman to get sign-offs on something on a, you know, office HVAC system? Like, we shouldn't have to. So we're we're kind of using that proportionate approach, that graded approach. Uh, we're, we're really just trying to cut down on the amount of time these things take, the amount of time it takes to get something on site and installed. Mm-hmm. And that also cuts down on the workload in engineering and supply chain, you know, kind of those more administrative burdens that they don't add very much value, especially if it's these items that are, you know, not safety related. They're not, they're not risky. They're not critical. Um, they're, those administrative tasks are really not adding that much value right now. So by cutting those out, um, making things much faster, more efficient and uh, just cheaper for roof power. Yeah, for sure. Um, how would you say change management has been important as you implemented this new process? Yeah, so change management is a, a big, big challenge for us because, you know, they, there's a lot of change here. There, there really is. There are roles and responsibilities that are moving around. There are people that are kind of relinquishing control and there are people that are taking on control that didn't have it before. So, you know, for example, um, maintenance will have more accountability over these, uh, over these items. And so we're going to have to be working really closely with them to make sure that they're on board and that they are picking up that change and they're they're not, uh, you know, they're not rejecting it or they're not, uh, you know, having too many issues with how we're implementing it. So making sure we're implementing it uh, uh, with their with their inputs. And yeah, just with that many different stakeholders and that kind of scale of change it's always going to be uh, one of the the biggest issues because people don't like people don't like change, change <laughs> people, yeah yeah people like how they've been doing things for the past however many decades and you know if you're if you're in maintenance and your day-to-day job is you know completing that work and and you don't you maybe don't really care about that that bottom line and the the efficiencies and the you know how much it's saving Bruce Power. So a big, um, you know, a, a big thing we have to do is to make it matter to them. You know, like what are they getting out of it? They don't care about how many millions of dollars Bruce Power might save, but they might care that this will make their job easier and faster. Mm-hmm. Cutting down the red tape, they have this backlog of work that they'll be able to just sail through if we're using more efficient practices and so just kind of taking each group and almost selling it to them right like you know it's like what what are they going to get out of it engineering for example you don't have to worry about those low risk unimportant items anymore and now you can use your time focusing on kind of the the big ticket items and the nuclear side of things so that's great for for engineers for supply chain like why why do they have to go through their whole process just to order you know uh, a microwave like so you know things like that where um each group will have their own kind of sets of 
benefits, but each group may also have their own sets of uh, resistance. So we'll have to anticipate that. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's a very important part, especially in what MPX does, like trying to streamline some of these processes and make them more efficient. Change management is a big, big thing. Yeah, in every single group, you know, like <laughs> this is something I've noticed talking to to other people in the company is they're trying to make big changes on their side with a lot of the same stakeholders. So I think a lot of, uh, you know, maybe we have to consider, okay, what other changes are these people being, you know, presented with and how do I make sure that they're not conflicting and how do I make sure it's not all too much all at once and, and that kind of thing. So we all have to kind of work together to make sure every, all of these good changes actually get implemented. Yeah, for sure. Kind of slowly implementing all these changes then. Carefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the roadblocks that you've encountered while working on this? I think just the the complexity. It, you... I think I didn't appreciate going in just how complex it would be because I'm really having to think about every aspect of how work gets done at Bruce Power. I'm having to think about the engineering side, how equipment gets classified. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about environmentally qualified, seismically qualified, pressure boundaries, criticality, like all of these things. And then also having to think about you know, how does maintenance work get done? How do you initiate new work? What? How does a work order, you know, get into the system? Should this be on the station schedule? How, like taking the current uh, modification process, engineering change control, and like what can we lean out? And there are so many kind of interfaces and so many, I guess, corners of that that you, <laughs> once you start digging into it, you start realizing almost how much you don't know and how much you have yet to learn. So I'm I'm definitely learning a lot about just how things work at Bruce Power and how things can work better at Bruce Power uh, through this whole project. But yeah, that that's a big one is just kind of, you know, <laughs> just never, never quite being done, like always having a, a new thing being like, oh, I hadn't thought of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then, yeah, just just making sure we have all the stakeholders that we need because because it's so wide ranging, you know, it sucks to get to almost the end of something and realize, oh, I, I should have been engaging this group for the past couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> oh, no, now I have to, to suddenly start talking to them. So it, it's definitely uh it's a big project yeah yeah i guess learning as you're going through it you're learning how interconnected some of these like different departments are it's crazy it really is (laughs) um so what inspired the project um so this project started last year before i started um but i think it started on the procurement side as far as i understand so this um, this kind of was born from a commercial assets initiative that they started at Center of Sight. So they were piloting these um, processes basically for just, you know, how do we order materials that are, you know, commercial, so like non-safety related, et cetera, et cetera. How do we order them directly from the vendor, get them shipped right to the maintenance folks, have them do a quick little check and then install them? You know, just like super quick, basically cut out supply chain completely for these items. So they piloted that at Center of Sight a couple of years ago, and they've actually had those processes in place at Center of Sight 
uh, since then. So it's been working, and and there's uh, there's some opex there that we that we looked at, and there's some you know challenges that they ran into, some complications, and the intention really was to move this to a Bruce Power site-wide sort of thing. Um, but there was a lot more work to be done in terms of making it really robust, uh, making sure uh, we're really covering all our bases uh, for when we move it inside the station, because things get a lot more complicated once you, once you're kind of in that mix of like, there is some nuclear here, but there is some commercial here, yeah. which is center of site. That's your like education center, your visitor center, your office buildings. Like there's not even a chance of any mix ups. So, you know, it started there. They were experiencing a lot of good stuff in terms of, you know, faster procurement. So they wanted to move the procurement processes into the station, you know, uh, after some extra development was done. And what we've realized since then is it's not just the procurement. We're now also looking at the whole engineering change control process and, you know, how the maintenance work gets done and all of that. Uh, but it was really born from that, uh, how do we get parts on site faster? Why are we waiting eight weeks to get this air conditioning unit on site when if I, if I just called up the vendor and put in an order, they would have it to me by next week. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's where it started and it's kind of uh, evolved since then, but yeah. Awesome, thank you. Um, what are some of the next steps for the project? Yeah, so what we're working on right now is uh, establishing uh, a standard for what this is going to look like. So we've done a lot of work in establishing the scope of commercial assets. So that's, you know, nailing down those criteria for what is and is not a commercial asset, because that is that's the big question. That's the, uh, you know, that's us setting the boundaries of where our commercial playground ends and where the nuclear stuff starts. So getting that getting that boundary really clear was really important. Um, so we're working on that guidance and we're also uh, upcoming. Our kind of next piece of uh, guidance will be related to that um, life cycle management. So like the engineering change control procurement, stuff like that. And so based on that guidance and those standards, we're going to be making some job aids, temporary governance uh, for the crews in the station to actually run a little pilot. So we're going to pick a couple work orders. So if there's, you know, if there's some maintenance that has to get done on an HVAC unit uh, coming up uh, over over the summer, then we're going to pick that out. We're going to say you're going to, you know, you're going to use commercial processes for this work. And we're going to, you know, collect the data, see how much faster it is, collect the feedback. Um, and then uh, from there, it's going to be kind of that more more official uh, updates to governance and that big change management push. So, you know, that'll be that'll be kind of moving into uh, Q4 of this year is kind of that more of that change management and governance updates. But I'm excited for the pilot to actually kind of get up and running and see how it works. Mm hmm. Yeah, that should be fun to see how the process actually works in the plant then. Yeah. Okay, well, that was my last question. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to teach us more about the Commercial Assets Project. I definitely learned a lot. I hope our listeners did as well. Yeah. Thank you. This was so much fun. (laughs) Well, that's all, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What MPX Do. Until next time, keep innovating.